Chapter Twelve of On the Trail of the Space Pirates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On the Trail of the Space Pirates by Carrie Rockwell. Chapter Twelve. Stand by, you space crawlers! roared Bull Coxine into the microphone but the loud laughter and singing of the noisily celebrating prisoners continued unabated over the intercom's loudspeaker. Avast there, he bellowed again. Stow that noise. Attention, and I want attention. Standing on the control deck of his ship, Coxine waited as the men gradually quieted down. No longer wearing the white prison coverall, he was dressed in a black merchant spaceman's uniform, the snug-fitting jacket and trousers stretching tightly across his huge shoulders. He wore a black spaceman's cap, and two parallel ray pistol belts were crisscrossed over his hips. Now listen to me, he roared again. Let's get one thing straight. I'm the skipper of the ship, and the first man that thinks he's smarter than me, let him speak up. There was a long pause, and the big man added with an ominous whisper, but i warn you if one of you opens your mouth you'll take a swim in space there was an angry murmur among the prisoners that coxine heard over the intercom don't think i can't take care of you the lot of you one by one or all at once i cut my milk teeth on mutiny i know how to start one and i know how to finish one i needed a crew and that's the only reason you're here any spaceman that doesn't like the way I run things aboard the ship better keep it to himself or start swimming back to the prison asteroid. He paused. Well, are you all with me? There was a chorus of cheers on the intercom and Coxine nodded grimly. All right, he continued. Now that we understand each other, I'll get on with the business. Second in command to me will be Gus Wallace, Lieutenant Wallace. A roar of approval came over the loudspeaker. Third in command, Luther Sims, Lieutenant Sims. There was another roar of approval as the prisoners recognized the names of the men who had liberated them from the asteroid. Now we'll handle this ship as if it were any other freighter. The following men will be in charge of departments. As Coxine read off the list of jobs and the men to handle them, there were yells of approval and disapproval for favorites and old enemies. When the list of names had been read, he turned away from the intercom and faced his lieutenants, Wallace and Sims. Well, skipper, boasted Wallace, it looks like we're in business again. Yeah, chimed in Sims. In three hours we'll be on our own asteroid and we can start planning our first strike. Coxine's eyes narrowed into slits. Get this, both of you, he snapped. What I said to those crawlers down below goes for you, too. I'm the boss of this outfit, and you don't even guess about what we're going to do until I say so. But Bull, whined Wallace. Shut up, roared Coxine, and when you talk to me, you call me Captain. Wallace and Sims looked at each other. Okay, Captain, muttered Sims. Yes, sir, corrected Coxine. Yes, sir, said Sims quickly. That's better, growled the giant spaceman. Don't get the idea that just because you were able to follow orders that it makes you smart, because it doesn't. It took me two and a half years to get the information collected onto these story spools and smuggle them out to you. 
everything from where to buy the spaceship to getting the light key out of the time capsule was my idea my brains sure captain said wallace but we took the chances yeah sneered coxine you took chances the only chance you took was in not paying attention to what i told you to do i gave it all to you where to hold up the first freighter passenger what to take how to mount the atomic blasters what code to use in getting through the prison defenses the whole works and i did it while sitting on the toughest rock in the system i smuggled it out right under the noses of those solar guard space crawlers so forget about being smart or you'll wind up with that scum below decks yes sir said wallace now get me a course to the asteroid and make it quick and have some decent grub sent up to my quarters right away the big man turned lightly on the balls of his feet and disappeared through the hedge after a moment wallace turned to sims that big space crawling bum snorted wallace i ought to blast him go ahead sneered sims you were the one who wanted to get him off the rock not me oh shut up snarled wallace he turned to the intercom and began barking orders to his new crew tom corbett sat in one corner of a cargo compartment that had been converted into sleeping quarters watching the celebrating prisoners someone had broken into the galley stores and mixed a concoction of fruit alcohol and reactor priming fluid to make a foul-tasting rocket juice the men sat about in various stages of undress as they changed from the white prison coveralls to the black uniforms of the merchant spacemen and drank heavily from a huge pot of the liquid one of the men short and stumpy but with shoulders like an ape was standing on a table boasting about his strength he was stripped to the waist and tom could see the powerful arms and chest beneath the black hair that covered his body as he continued to brag the prisoners laughed and jeered calling him monkey the man's face reddened and he offered to fight anyone in the room a short thin man with a hawk nose sitting next to tom yelled monkey and then darted behind a bunk the man turned and looked angrily at tom you there the man on the table called looking at tom you call me monkey tom shook his head since the blast off he had stayed away from the men as much as he could certain that sooner or later someone would challenge him and discover he wasn't a prisoner he hoped to remain aboard the ship long enough to plant a signal for the solar guard to follow tom felt almost certain they would be heading for wallace and sim's hideout and so far the men had been so excited over their new freedom they hadn't bothered him he had managed to sit quietly in the corner of the storage compartment and watch them i'm talking to you shouted the hairy man looking straight at tom you called me monkey and then lied about it maybe you're scared eh he slipped off the table and advanced toward tom the young cadet tried to figure a way out of the threatening fight. He wasn't afraid of the man, but he didn't want to draw attention to himself, and one of the surest ways of letting Wallace and Sims know he was aboard ship was to get into a fight. He couldn't risk discovery. He had to signal the solar guard before he was caught. But how to get around the hairy drunken criminal now standing over him? Tom looked up and saw that the man would not be put off. He would have to fight he took notice of the powerful arms and shoulders and decided his best bet would be to stay away but glancing around quickly he saw there wasn't any room to retreat the other prisoners were crowding around 
eager to watch the fight. Suddenly his opponent let out an animal-like roar and jumped to pin him down on the deck. The young cadet timed his move perfectly. As the man's body came down on him, he threw up both legs and caught him in the pit of his stomach. Tom could feel his feet sink deep into the man's midsection as he kicked out hard and sent him sprawling against the bulkhead. With a bellow of rage, the hairy man picked himself up and charged back at Tom, who was now on his feet, braced to meet him. As the prisoners began to roar, Tom sidestepped and backpedaled frantically, trying to get out of the impossible situation. If he won, there would be questions for him to answer, questions that would be difficult and might betray his identity. But if he allowed Monkey to win, he might die right there on the deck. The man was blind with rage and would stop at nothing. The man rushed in again, and, unable to back away, Tom felt the hairy arms close around him in the most powerful grip he had ever felt in his life. Slowly, evenly, Monkey applied pressure. Tom thought his ribs would crack. His head began to swim. The faces around him that laughed and jeered suddenly began to spin around him dizzily. Then, with the desperation of a man facing death, Tom began to push outward, his arms under Monkey's chin. The men tried to apply more pressure, but the cadet fought him, forcing his head back farther and farther. The prisoners were silent, watching the deadly battle. Then, gradually, Tom felt the hairy man's grip relaxing. With the last ounce of his strength, he burst out of the encircling arms and staggered back. The ape men looked at him stupidly, and then down at his arms, as if they had betrayed him. With a roar, he came rushing in again. Tom set himself, left foot forward, shoulders hunched, and when the monkey came within arm's length, he swung with all the strength he had left in his body. His fist landed on the point of monkey's chin. There was a distinct sound of crushing bone, and monkey sank to the deck, out cold. Gasping for breath, Tom stood over the sprawled man and just looked at him. The crowd around him was staring at the fallen man, in disbelief. Through the roaring in his head, Tom could hear their voices. He broke out of Monkey's grip. He broke the guy's jaw with one punch. Tom turned blindly to the corner where he had been sitting and slumped to the deck. Someone shoved a cup in his hands, and he gulped its contents blindly, hardly tasting the foul rocket juice or feeling it burning his throat. The cadet was sure now that he would be caught. Monkey had been a popular member of the crew, and some of his friends were certain to even the score. But to Tom's surprise, there were no questions, and a few of the men came over to pat him drunkenly on the back. A couple of them dragged the unconscious men out of the compartment and up to sick bay. The others soon forgot the fight and continued their merrymaking. Tom sat alone and silent in the corner, his strength returning slowly. He had faced his first obstacle and had won, but he knew that what lay ahead of him made the fight insignificant by comparison. He decided his next move would be to acquaint himself with the ship and, if possible, get a parallel ray gun. As the men continued their drunken singing and yelling, he mumbled an excuse about soaking his fist in cold water and managed to escape from the crowded compartment. Outside in the passageway, the cadet began to figure out the plan of the ship first locating the power deck by its roaring purr. He climbed a ladder to the next deck, walked slowly down the passageway toward what he thought to be the control room, and leaned against the hatch. 
he heard the soft tinkle of a radar signal and his heart skipped a beat he had stumbled onto the astrogation and radar bridge wondering if he should burst into the room and attempt to overpower the men on duty or wait for a better chance later he was suddenly startled by a sharp voice in back of him you spaceman tom turned to stare right into the face of bull coxine the big man looked at tom with piercing eyes what's your name demanded coxine uh, uh, they call me the space kid he finally managed space kid eh mused coxine i don't remember seeing you on the rock they held me in the tower for a month trying to make me take the psychograph rehabilitation i got out when the blasting started what were you on the rock for asked coxine you are pretty young to be sent to the rock tom thought desperately of a crime he could have committed that would send him to the prison asteroid suddenly he got an idea he looked at coxine and spoke in as harsh a voice as he could listen he snarled i just broke monkey's jaw for treating me like a kid i hope you don't crowd me into fighting you by asking so many questions you see i won't answer them and then you'll have to freeze me tom paused and tried to gauge coxine's reaction but he couldn't see a thing in the cold staring eyes and tom continued if you freeze me you'll lose a better man than most of the scum in your crew coxine stepped forward and towered over the curly-haired cadet when he spoke his deep voice echoed in the deserted passageway what was your rating as spaceman before you hit the rock asked the big man tom's heart raced if he could get to the control deck or the radar bridge he could send a signal easily but he realized quickly that in either of these places he would be spotted almost immediately by wallace or sims he had to stay away from them and wait for a later chance tom's mind raced i was a gunner on a deep spacer he drawled confidently i can take the space ten off a crawler's nose at a hundred thousand yards with anything from a two-inch to a six-inch blaster coxine's eyes sharpened where did you learn to use a six-incher they are only on heavy cruisers of the solar guard tom could have bitten his tongue off he had slipped he thought quickly i was an enlisted spaceman in the solar guard why'd you get sent to the rock my officer was a smart aleck lieutenant just out of space academy we got in a fight tom didn't finish the sentence and you were kicked out eh no sir said tom i hit him so hard he never woke up again i had to blast out of there but they caught me all right said coxine report to the gunnery chief tell him i said you're second in command the big man turned and walked away from the cadet without another word tom watched him disappear and smiled he had faced two impossible situations the fight with monkey and now this meeting and he had come out on top in each Perhaps he had a chance, after all. End of chapter 12 Recording by Hihi Kitty